Hey everyone, how are you? Welcome back to the Empowering Artists podcast. I am so excited that you are here with me today and taking the time out of your, you know, schedule to hang out with me. So I'm going to jump right into it. Today we are going to be talking about living in the what if. Living in the what if. What does that mean? So Something that I have found myself doing recently is that I've been thinking, oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? And a lot of that has to do with, um, you know, the reopening of things, with the, you know, changing guidelines regarding COVID as, you know, things get back to um, a better place. And I'm really thankful that, you know, we're in a spot right now where artists can start looking back to uh, going back to work and working on projects again and doing it safely. And something that, you know, I've really noticed with myself and with my other artist friends that I've been talking to is this idea of, you know, what if, what if this happens? What if that happens? And I play this game with myself quite a lot more so than I should. And What I sort of really found out and discovered was that, you know, we often find ourselves asking the questions, what if this happens? What if that happens? And I think that's a really interesting thing that, you know, why do we play that game with ourselves to begin with? Like, why do we ask ourselves, what if this potentially happened? What if that potentially happened? And I don't think that we necessarily intentionally do it, but it comes from a place of, you know, concern and it comes from a place of, you know, I just maybe just want to know what happens. And I think it's really important to look and assess, you know, what exactly is going on because living in the what if is really, it's really not useful to us. So let me sort of dive into what I mean by this. I have been talking to a few people and I've just been, you know, discussing what it'd be like for them to uh, pursue this creative artistic career that they want to create or pursue. And a lot of it is, well, what if, you know, I don't make enough money from this? Or what if, you know, this doesn't actually work out? And what if this happens and what if that happens? And those are all 100% valid reasons and concerns and questions to have. And, you know, I'd sort of talk through it with them and we kind of come to a conclusion. It's like, this is, you know, what could possibly happen. And it's like, that's never where, you know, a lot of times it's like, you know, they get that answer, but it's never where the conversation ends. It can sometimes trickle into what if this happens? What if this other thing happens? What if that other thing happens? And I think that it's one of those things where we ask ourselves these questions because maybe we're just trying to get ourselves to not really address the concern that we're really thinking about head on. So a scenario is, you know, someone is looking to uh, quit their day job and wants to pursue, um, you know, a career as an artist. And a lot of times they'll say, oh, but what if this happens? What if that happens? And yes, what if those things happen? But they almost use it as an excuse, right? They almost use it as an an excuse to not do something. 
what if, you know, you don't make the same amount of money you normally expect you do? What if your career doesn't immediately take off? Like, what if could happen on so many different levels? But we can't let the what ifs, we can't let the what ifs keep us from doing what we love. So an example of this personally for me is, you know, I want to jump from, you know, a current day job that I have to working as an artist, you know, going towards like the full-time status. And the question that I'm coming across is, oh, what if this doesn't work? What if that doesn't work? And I've realized that asking myself those questions just sort of paralyzes me. It doesn't get me closer to where I need to go. And, you know, I've talked to my friends, I've talked to my boyfriend about this, and um, my boyfriend especially, he's like, you can't live in the what if, because if you live in the what if, that doesn't do anything for you. You just create these scenarios for yourself, scenarios that most likely will not occur and will not happen. But because you play this what if game, it just, it just goes and goes and goes. And then before I know it, because I know myself and when I play the what if game with myself, I just end up spiraling like, you know, worst case scenario. That's, you know, how my brain works. And I realize that I need to not let that happen as often. Um, but I feel like that's a pretty, you know, universal thing is that people find themselves asking, you know, what do I do if this thing doesn't happen? And the first thing that I can offer you is, you know, you don't know what will happen and I don't know what will happen. And it's all about knowing that by at least taking action towards what you want to do, at least taking those steps towards, you know, a project you want to work on or taking steps to quitting your job to pursue your art full time. As long as you take action and as long as you're taking those steps, the what ifs become a lot less scary because I also think that we tend to think about what ifs in very general big terms. Like what if I quit my job and what if I can't you know, support myself on an income in the beginning when I'm pursuing art full-time. Well, who says you have to quit your job like cold turkey? Maybe you can reduce your hours or maybe you take a part-time job that maybe pays a little bit less, but it allows you to work on your business and work on your career and work on your own artistic thing. It allows you to do that. And at the same time, you still have that, you know, security that you're looking for. Because a lot of times when we play the what if game, it's we're looking for that sense of security that we're so scared of losing. And I know that for a fact because that's something that happens to me. I often lose that, you know, sense of security when I'm getting into that mindset of what if. And that's something that I'm really working on myself. But I understand it like as an artist, especially from like a monetary standpoint, like, oh my gosh. Like, I totally get it. I totally understand. And what I've learned is that I can't let that what if just keep going and going and going. Otherwise, it turns into a snowball rolling down a mountain. It just keeps going and going, getting bigger and getting bigger. And before you know it, I'm on some really weird, crazy, like, scenario that would never happen. So how do we combat the idea of, you know, going too far into what if? So this is what I found works for me. 
So the first thing is that when you come to a situation and you want to make a decision, so let's say that you come to a situation and you're like, I want to um, start a side business as a photographer. Let's say that's what you want to do. Now, the things that might pop up are, oh, well, what if um, I can't book any clients? What if no one finds me and no one hires me? What if my work isn't comparable to other people? What if people think my rates are too high? You know, those are all questions I pulled like right off the top of my head. And those are all questions that I'm sure if you're listening to this and you're a photographer, especially you can relate to. Yeah. So those are all questions. What if those things happen? What if? And my advice here is to, once you find that you're like in that, what if mind, like, like mindset, just stop like close your eyes and take a deep breath and exhale all of the what ifs. Like it sounds so silly, but it's that first step. A lot of times our minds, when we get into what if, we just keep going and going, going, going. And the first thing to stop that is to just pause and not let your, your mind go there. And taking like 10 seconds to take a deep breath to make sure that it doesn't can do wonders. So at this point, you know, you've taken a deep breath and then this is the next thing. And it might sound kind of weird, but write down all of those things that are, that's concerning you. So if you're a photographer, you can write down, like in the scenario, you'll write down, what if I can't book any clients? What if my prices are too high? What if no one finds me? So those are like three questions, right? Again, those questions are so very broad and so very big like let's boil those down for a second so what if you can't find any clients who says you need to start off by having you know 10 clients like every weekend and i feel like that'd be a lot as well but who says you have to start off with like a big number maybe you can start off with just you know one client for um the week and then maybe as your business grows and maybe as your skill set grows and your network grows Maybe your goal can be you want to have um, two clients every week. And that's the thing. It's like small steps. And by doing those small steps and taking small little actions, that first like what if question that we have, eh, not so scary now, right? Now, next question. What if your prices are too high? Now, this is something that I'm still sort of learning myself, but something that I know to be true is that people will pay, like if there's a price out there and someone sticks a label on it, someone will pay that price. So there is a buyer out there for everything. And there's a buyer out there for prices. And there's the whole idea, you know, you get what you pay for. And that's true in a sense, but you get what you pay for in the sense of the quality, right? So um, for example, when I was looking to buy a new computer, I really like HP computers and I really like um, just how they run and I like the processing system and I just, I'm a fan of them. Now I ended up buying, you know, a pretty, a pretty decently priced computer, but I could have as easily just bought a computer at a lower price and maybe it was a manufacturer that was a little different. So why do people like myself go for a higher priced item when I could get something very similar for a lesser price. And 
it's not necessarily, you know, the actual item itself that, you know, is compelling me to purchase it. It's the quality that I know I'm going to get with it. So it's like with, um, it's like with caterers and it's like with restaurants, right? Like you will pay more for a good meal because you know it's a good meal. Like you will pay more for that experience. And yeah, like the idea of paying more for an experience, it's not so far-fetched, right? Because we pay for experiences all the time. We pay for experiences and we pay for things that we know are going to make us feel great. Like why do you spend, you know, $150 on a ticket to broad to a Broadway show when you could easily, you know, go see a show at your community theater for for a lot less. Now, not to say that community theater doesn't produce, you know, some pretty impressive productions because the community theaters, especially here in the um, the Washington D.C. area, they're very impressive, very high quality. Now, if I can get that here, why do I go up to New York City and see a Broadway show? Well, because the quality of the production is, you know, it's Broadway, so it's going to be a little bit, you know, better than a community theater production. But also just the feeling that I experience and that experience that I have when I go up to New York City and I go sit in a Broadway theater and I watch a Broadway performance, the way that it makes me feel, that is what I am purchasing. So if we can relate this back to, you know, what if I, like no one will pay for my services? You're not selling the services, right? You're selling the experience. You're selling how you can make a person feel. And if this is something that you are really wanting to do and you are really taking it seriously, this photography business, you know, someone is definitely going to be more impressed with a photographer who is a lot more personable and invested in their photos than maybe they are from a corporation that, you know, maybe the corporation isn't as invested and people are going to pay for that personable experience. They're going to pay for having someone there who cares about what they're doing, who has a good energy level, who is on the same wavelength as them. So as far as what if no one pays for all of, you know, what if no one pays for my services at the price I, I'm asking? Well, someone will. Someone will pay for them. So, you know, for writing down reasons to just, you know, ignore these what if questions, there's your reason for that one. Someone will pay for them because you have a gift and you have something to offer that no one else can offer. And if you're listening to this podcast, I have a really good feeling that you care about the quality of service you provide. And by providing good quality service, you know, that's, that's all you really need. Well, I mean, you need some other things, but good quality service is like a pretty important cornerstone. And um, the last thing, so we went through what if no one, um, what if I can't book clients? What if I can't um, get people to pay what I'm asking? And, you know, what if you can't reach, what if you can't like get an audience together? Well, if you are looking to build an audience, right, we need to remember that it's not something that happens overnight. Again, when we think about what ifs, I feel like we're talking about, you know, all or nothing at once. Now, what if you don't have an audience like the day you open up your Instagram account? That's fine. That's completely normal. Everyone starts at zero, right? And over time, you build it up. And over time, you gain more followers. And over time, you expand your audience outreach. And over time, you connect with more people. 
And that's the thing there. Like, we, we have to stop thinking about these what-ifs in such broad, grand strokes because at the core of it, like, that's not how it works. Like, we need to go deeper into the what-if and the concern because, you know, at the end of the day, when you really dig down deep into it, it's, it's all stuff that we actually don't need to be too scared of because when we think of it on a smaller level, on a smaller scale, it's actually pretty manageable. Like, I'm sure that you could manage, you know, posting consistently on your Instagram account and over time you'll develop new followers, right? Like, and that's just how anything works. That's how any business ever works, right? It starts off at zero and then slowly over time it builds. Like, if you think about big brands like, um, I don't know, like Coca-Cola or um, HP or Apple or Google, like, those, they all started at, like, zero, right? They all started at zero. And then look at them however many years later worth, like, billions of dollars, like, billions upon billions of dollars. So I want you guys to stop thinking about these what ifs and broad strokes like it's the end all be all because it's not the end all be all. And, you know, when you find yourself in that, what if this, what if that, what if this, what if that? And, you know, I'm with you there. Like I find myself in it quite, quite often more so than I care to admit. I want you to first take a deep breath, remove yourself mentally from that situation. Take like 10 seconds to yourself and then once you sort of have leveled your head back down to um, where you can like think pretty clearly, then I want you to write down all these what ifs that you're, that's going through your brain. Then I want you to go through each one of them and one by one, go to that what if and say, why is this not true? Why is this not true? Do that for every single one of them. And by the end of, you know, that exercise, this whole idea of what if like, it's not so scary anymore. Like, we need to get out of the idea that these what-ifs are the end-all be-all because they're not the end-all be-all. And there's always a way to combat that what-if. So guys, if anything, like, I want you to take away from this episode that, you know, living in the what-if is not helpful. It's not beneficial to really anyone, especially if they're, like, you know, negative what-ifs. And instead, start thinking about the positive what-ifs. Like, what if you end up booking like 10 people on, you know, over two weeks? Like, that's incredible. What if, you know, everyone is paying your prices and they say, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're only charging this much. Maybe that's an indication you should raise your prices. Or, you know, what if you say, or what if there's um, a question like, what if my reach just explodes and I just have this audience following that I'd love to connect with? Like, why aren't we asking ourselves those what-if questions instead? We need to start rethinking about the way we view what-ifs and start thinking and replacing these, you know, scary what-ifs with good what-ifs. Like, what if this good thing will happen? What if this other good thing will happen? Like, we need to stop thinking about what if this horrible thing will happen? Like, no more thinking about that. And this is something that I myself am definitely going to have to work on, so I want you guys to hold me accountable to that. But why... Can't we just start thinking about what ifs in a positive way? And that's what we need to start doing. Because when we start thinking about what ifs in a positive way, our mindset changes, our overall outlook changes, and we just have a much better 
sort of approach to everything. And that's when we are in a good headspace to go after what we want and do what we want and create the creative life, the creative career that we want. So guys, I want you to promise yourself that today is the last day that you will let yourself fall into the what if wormhole, if you will. Because after today, you know that playing the what if game with yourself is one, not beneficial as far as productivity is concerned, but two, it's just not a good mental headspace to be in. Because if we go too far down the negative what if space, then it just can create a whole negative outlook to our day. But if we go down the path of the positive what ifs, that's when you're going to be in the right mindset. That is when you're going to be doing what you need to be doing in order to change your mindset and to just have a much more you know, positive outlook on things. Because when you as an artist are having a positive outlook thing on things, your work, your creativity is just so much better and it's so more exciting, right? Like, have you ever tried to create while you were like in a bad mood? Because I have and like it doesn't work and I just kind of get frustrated. I'm like, I'm coming back to this later. So I want you guys, if you find yourself to be in this what if tailspin, this is how you get out and this is how you change it. And I want you to change your what ifs to a positive thing. By changing your what ifs to a positive thing that is setting you up for success for having a really just good approach to your creativity to your business to your artistic career so guys that's all i really have for you today thank you so much for joining me i'm so excited you're here and i would love for you to do me a huge huge favor if you could rate comment um subscribe to the podcast and you know once you do that take a screenshot tag me over at artistically bold life on instagram i'm on instagram pretty much every day and i love talking to you guys there so i would love for you to join me there and before you go today today's episode is sponsored by my free facebook group empowering artists in business if you are an artist of any kind looking to expand your business network looking to have support looking to learn more come join the group we're in there already we are having a really great time and it's really fun to see all the stuff that you know people are creating and we would love to have you in there Thank you guys so, so much for hanging out with me today and I will see you in the next episode.